We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of the Bring the Juice Colts podcast. We're bringing you a preview of Sunday afternoon's game between the Indianapolis Colts and the Miami Dolphins. I have two special guests with me today, Carter Melrose, podcaster and writer at DolphinsTalk.com, and Dougley Durong. If you guys watch any content involving Miami Dolphins, then you probably have heard of this guy. Gentlemen, how are you doing today? Doing very well. Yes, me as well. Thank you so much, Derek, for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I, I'm glad that I was able to get you guys on. You know, with with the way these two teams have played out the season so far, you know, it's kind of difficult to want to talk football <laughs> right now, but here we are, and uh, we're going to make the best of it. So I wanted to talk to you guys. Dolphins are one and two, currently third in the AFC East, if I'm not mistaken. Last week's loss to the Raiders, that was definitely a nail-biter. I uh, kept uh, track of the last bit of that game, obviously very close down to the end. How are you two feeling? We'll start with Doug on this. How are you feeling about your team so far this season? Uh, I feel like the thing that is holding this team back the most is the offense. Um, but other than that, like if the offense can just get it going, because last week the offensive line did do better than I thought they would. Um, Brissett had time to throw. Uh, it was just misthrows and, and kind of miscommunication, especially on that horrendous uh, play on their own one-yard line. Uh, I feel like the Dolphins should have won that game last week. Um, there was a few misthrows. There was a missed um, pass interference call in the end zone, not going for it on fourth down in overtime instead of kicking the field goal. It was, there were some miscues that really gave the, the, the game to the Raiders, going up 14 nothing, and then kind of just faltering there. Uh, but as a team, I feel like the way Brian Flores works, which I wish he didn't work this way, it takes him a minute and it take, it's like a little bit of a process in the beginning of the season to get his team going. Because even last year, we were one and three. And then, you know, we beat the Jets, we beat the 49ers, go three and three, put Tua in, and then the ball started rolling. So I'm not ready to call it quits on the season. Uh, but that offensive line and the offense in general needs to step up because the defense is. It's doing its thing, but it can only do it for so long. Right. Carter, how have you felt about this one and two start? Uh, honestly, I, I don't know how to take it so far because 
it's hard to really decide on the team when your starting quarterback isn't even in the game. I don't know. I watched last week's game and I go, we should have won that game. Like, like Doug said, and the pro and the thing is the Raiders are a really good team and we almost beat them with our starting uh, with our starting quarterback on the bench. So I feel very confused is what I have to say on the matter. Like I don't feel really good or really bad, but I think we should be two and one going in this game. It's, it's tough, but um, we shall see. I, I don't feel like we're, we're just kind of staying afloat till Tua gets back. We shall see. We shall see. Yeah, I mean, the Colts are kind of in the same situation as you guys. I mean, you know, three really tough teams to start out the year. And, you know, I mean, the Colts are not getting blown out in any of the games, but are obviously just losing by beating themselves in a lot of different ways. Kind of get into more of that as we go along. But, uh, I mean, Carter, I'll ask you about your the Dolphins injury report. I mean, I was talking about it with Doug before we got on that, you know, compared to this Indianapolis Colts uh, injury roster, it's really not that bad at all. Uh, give us a little rundown of some of the guys who are on it. Well, I haven't seen it today. I know that I know that Will Fuller was out yesterday, but I think he came back. I think he came yes. back. So it should be we're at full power. You're at full power other than, you know, Raekwon uh, Davis, who is going to be out another week or two, Doug, I think, right? Something like that. Yeah, I think this is the last week. Okay, so the last I mean, week without our best defensive lineman, which will be great to have him back. Uh, and other than that, you're right. <laughs> when I looked at that Colts injury report, I was like, oh, goodness gracious. That is some of your best players and your quarterback. Well, has- I'll just I'll throw it out there for any Dolphins fans that actually do watch this. I mean, I'll throw them out there. Jack Doyle did not practice back injury. Unsure as to whether or not he's going to play, I don't know. Uh, hasn't practiced both days. Eric Fisher did come back today. It was a rest day on Wednesday, so I'm not worried about him playing. Our best linebacker, Darius Leonard, limited participant. He's had an ankle injury that's been nagging him all offseason. Quentin Nelson will not play uh, this game against the Dolphins. They do have Chris Reed as a backup who was a starter for the Panthers all of last year and did primarily well, so I'm not insanely worried about Quentin Nelson against the Dolphins' front four with that, but nevertheless... Quiddy Pay also with a hamstring injury, did not practice both days. That's our starting defensive end. He may not play. Braden Smith, I know, is not going to play. He's had a foot-slash-thumb injury this whole season. Kari Willis did not practice again today. That's our starting safety. Uh, Antoine Woods, a defensive tackle, was a limited participant today. Rocky Sin, who, amazingly enough, has been our best corner this year when everyone said this guy should have been caught in the offseason is now playing his best football and has made maybe one mistake so far. He may not play against the Dolphins and those speedy wide receivers. Mark Lewinsky did not practice uh, again today. Unsure what his problem is. And Jonathan Taylor was a limited participant uh, both times. And obviously we know Carson Wentz dealing with both of those ankles being sprained in the Rams game. Says he feels a lot better than what he did Sunday but nevertheless, it's still a limited participant. So if anyone wants to get a great laugh at how <laughs> long that is, now's the time to do it because I feel pain, okay? I feel pain. And Wentz is going to play then? Is that the Yeah, idea? Wentz is going to play. Yeah, Wentz is going to play, and he says he's felt a lot better. 
not a hundred percent, but he definitely says his mobility is better than what it was Sunday. My one counter argument would be that I think I'd rather have a couple more guys on the defense offense out than have two out. I really would. I, I just don't want to watch uh, Jacoby play football anymore. I know maybe Doug, <laughs> maybe Doug feels differently. I just, I'm done no. with him. He throws four I'm, I'm there with you. I, yeah, I don't, I, 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 I get what you're saying. I honestly like, and no disrespect to Tua, but I kind of am glad that Jacoby Brissett's playing in this game because I, I know he's not going to torch our defense completely. Uh, I know, I know your receivers would, but not him specifically. Right. But let's go ahead and get into uh, this Miami team. And uh, from what I could gather, stated that Miami is 11th currently in total defense. Uh, obviously, the strong suit being the secondary. You know, Xavier Howard, a couple other boys there that are, you know, pretty good uh, studs there. You know, I mean, Xavier Howard was, you know, talked about in free agency a lot last year and with trades, obviously, this year, but obviously wanted to stick behind and it's paying dividends. But, you know, the run defense for you guys, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I don't believe it's actually the strongest thing in the world, but it's, you know, able to hold its own better than some other teams, I guess I should say. Uh, how how overall do you feel with the way the Colts run their offense? And it's kind of weird that I'm saying this because even I don't believe this. The Colts like to run the ball, but I don't know if that's necessarily the case because last week we ran the ball 16 times against Tennessee and we and we were averaging five yards a carry against Tennessee. But for some reason, Jonathan Taylor, who last year at the end of the year was the second best running back in all of the NFL outside of Derrick Henry, they only allowed him to rush 10 times in that game last week. Criminal under usage, if you ask me. Did not like what uh, our coach had to say about why they adjusted away from that. But overall, we know that the Colts like to ground and pound. Who knows if that's going to be the game plan for with with the way this injury report is coming out with the offensive line. But how do you feel about with the Colts' uncertainness, and we'll start with Doug on this, uncertainness with Carson Wentz's mobility, uncertainness with the offensive line and game planning for the run, how do you feel your defense stacks up against Wentz and the Colts? Um, the rush defense on the Dolphins, I think, is the weakest part of that whole defense. Uh, you know, getting after the quarterback seems to, uh, as the season's been going on, getting better and better. You know, they had a few sacks on Carr last week. Couldn't get much pressure on Allen. I think they only had one sack on him uh, the week before. But they, now that they're giving Jalen Phillips more reps, uh, he seems to be getting more pressure and he's all over the field. It's the run defense mostly. You know, uh, Barber had over 100 yards rushing. Uh, last week against uh, with the Raiders, but also that came in in overtime when he had a big run. Uh, but that's like it's like the linebacker play uh, and the run defenses where it's struggling just a little bit, and not having Raekwon Davis out there it kind of definitely hurts as well. But with you guys having such injuries on that offensive line and your quarterback being banged up, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, they showed something last week where in pivotal situations, they took Brandon Jones, who is our safety, and they blitzed him right up the middle. They had, you know, five guys on the line. He was the sixth, and he was a delayed blitz right up the middle. So it would, you know, the, the center would either go to the left or the right to take on one of the DTs. 
and then it was just the running back to to cover Brandon Jones, and he both times he got a sack on um, Carr. So I could see that happening a lot. I could see them blitzing Jerome Baker. I could see them blitzing off the edges because Carson Wentz having two, you know, not a hundred percent angles, he's not going to be able to plant and get away from these um, these blitzes coming at him. So I could see that happening. And if I were the Colts, I would probably run it more than put um, Wentz in a situation where he's either going to get hurt again or he's going to potentially throw an interception because we got that ball hawk back there in Xavier Howard who already has two turnovers in three games. So that's something you got to look out for. Yeah, and I mean, when it comes to that, uh, the Colts, I would not be surprised if the Dolphins do a lot of blitz packages because that's one thing with this Colts offensive line being so banged up, it has not been good at blitz pickup protection. Uh, Wentz got sacked two times against Tennessee, both off blitzes. One of them was a delayed linebacker blitz coming off from a, a weak side edge. And it was just a delayed blitz coming around the outside and nobody picked him up and Wentz just got smothered. So I totally see that. Um, one thing I would say, one thing Wentz has done a really great job of so far this season, and there's been not a ton to talk about with this Colts offense, but the great thing is the the fewest amount of turnovers. I mean, only thrown one interception and it was mainly a, a mistake mm -hmm. in the play calling in which it was done. So I don't even necessarily blame Wentz too much. So he has done a pretty good job against some good defenses, not giving up, you know, a lot of, of turnovers, you know, played the Seahawks. We played the, the Rams, no turnovers in that game and then playing Tennessee and their secondary can create some turnovers. But Carter, what about, what about your guys' defense? How confident are you in what they're able to do against the Colts? Uh, I don't know. They they seem to be worse than last year. I don't know. I mean, they, they're probably still on pace. They still make turnovers. That's our huge thing. You know what I mean? Opter, opportunistic. I got that word out. Okay, but the thing, this is how I see it going, okay? I would say in terms of stopping the run, whoever you hand the ball off to is going to get 100 yards on us. I, I feel like that's just kind of par for the course at this point. You could hand it off to your punter, and I think he's going to get 100 yards. The thing is, the, and it's what we're doing is we're giving up these huge chunk yard plays, which seem to be in the first half, sometimes in the on the very first drive. And this has happened two out of the four games, just a 60 or 70 yarder that just comes out of nowhere. And it's just like this breakdown in the defensive line where this hole is insane. And and that's what I'll tell you right now. You're going to be able to run the ball when it comes to pass defense, which is our strength, apparently. Uh, I think Carr had, I don't know, 400 yards, something like that. But he also, it was, there was also an OT and also it was a tight, tight games. We had to kind of throw the ball a ton. Uh, the one thing I will say is that I don't think Wentz is going to have a very good day against our secondary. I think you'll be able to run the ball, but I just don't see Carson, especially on those bum uh, ankles of his, having a good day, especially if he's, he's looking to throw on X. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Gotcha. So you you personally don't believe that any of these wide receivers that the Colts have pose much of a threat, even though Michael Pittman is top 30 in the league in reception yards and Zach Pascal is actually top five in touchdowns uh, caught through the first three weeks. That doesn't concern you in the slightest bit there? I mean, not yet. I don't know if they're necessarily proven <laughs> weapons, you know, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're proven weapons. I like Michael Pittman's YouTube channel. He has a pretty good YouTube channel. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's a great guy. You know? But I feel like if X is shadowing whoever that number one on your team is, who, who do you say is the number one in the Colts? At this moment in time, before T.Y. Hilton gets back, it's going to be Michael Pittman. But I would say the guy who makes the big play in the red zone, that's Zach Pascal for right now. Got it. Uh, and Doug, uh, which running back concerns you most in this matchup? Uh, Jonathan Taylor or Naheem Hines? Taylor. Definitely Jonathan Taylor. I actually wanted him All right. when he was All calling right. out. Yeah, I know because uh, Hines obviously doesn't get the rushing carries that Jonathan Taylor does, but he has an aspect to his game that Jonathan Taylor doesn't, and that's the ability to catch and make people miss in the open field. He just does it better than a lot of other running backs can. Again, criminal how underused he is. Uh, I'm still waiting for that to come around, but let's kind of talk about your guys' offense here. So had this written down. Uh, Miami right now is 29th in total offense going into week four. Uh, I saw that little <laughs> smirk there from both you guys. Uh, I mean, we could maybe have an understanding as to why. Uh, I'm sure you guys will explain here in a minute. Uh, I'm going to even check to see just how many passing touchdowns have been thrown. Only one touchdown has been thrown by Tua, uh, and I'm sure that was probably in the first game. And Jacoby Brissett has yet to throw a touchdown. I know he did rush for one, did he not? Yeah, it, okay. it was. The, it was okay. the, we got that. We can't discount that one. That has to count because it is a touchdown nonetheless. It was but the you know, lowest touchdown run I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> it was in slow motion. Well, I mean, yeah, but I mean, you know, it, it's still you guys also having problems with scoring uh, multiple points in a game. I mean, I'm sure with you know, how week two's game against Buffalo probably strewed those stats really bad. Uh, that's a loss that I'm sure we'll, we'll just uh, stay away from, but I mean, is it, is it worrisome to you now? Just how, you know, inefficient the offense has been because, you know, I've seen plays where some of your guys are getting some big plays, you know, Waddle, 170 yards through three games wasn't used very much in the last game, I believe, but in the first game, I mean, he, he did really well. And then obviously Devonte Parker 
is a very solid receiver. Uh, Gasecki, who I really like as a tight end. And then, you know, Miles Gaskin can be used in the receiving game as well. I mean, are, is it concerning that you think they're acting like this? Or do you think when Tua gets back, the offense gets better? Carter, we'll start with you on that. It's concerning. <laughs> I mean, it's concerning. I think you could start there. That's a pretty easy answer there. I would say an explanation for being this bad is, uh, I mean, one, you could say you could put, pit it all on the offensive line. I'm not going to do that. I think it is pretty bad, but we're not going to do the whole explanation there. Uh, I would say in, in week one, we had a pretty conservative game plan and it was versus Bill Belichick. So that's tough. Week two and three, we had the backup in the entire time and we kind of babysat him. So I, I would say that is why 29th makes sense. However, is it concerning? Yes, because we have all of the weapons in the world. And we spent so much draft capital and so much money on bringing in talent like speedsters, but we can't use any of them because one backup quarterback. But even if we had to in, we saw in the bills game, the reason he got injured was that our offensive line makes the, the pocket collapse in a millisecond. It's insane. It's in 10 seconds, uh, uh, 10 sacks for the Miami Dolphins through three weeks, folks. If you think it's super bad for sack numbers for Wentz, uh, I encourage you to look at it for a Dolphins perspective too. Yeah. Some of our (laughs) offensive linemen just sometimes decide to like not block that play. You know what I mean? They just kind (laughs) of let them through and they say, you know what? Have lunch. And that is concerning by itself. And uh, does it, Concerning you also with the fact that you're going up against a freak into force Buckner coming in uh, this week. Does that concern you even more with how the offensive lines played? Yes. He'll get two sacks. Okay. I'm glad you have, I'm glad you have the uh, confidence in saying that because, you know, through three weeks, the Colts have had five sacks and have hit the quarterback 12 times. DeForest Buckner has one and a half of those sacks and also has five of the total QB hits. So this pass rush for the defensive line for Indianapolis has been atrocious. We have spent so much time over the offseason saying we need to improve the pass rush. Uh, well, you traded away. Uh, Danico, you let Danico Autry go in free agency. You let him go to the Titans. You didn't even try to keep in contact with him until it was too late. You let Justin Houston, you're a guy that's even at 33 years old is still a really good player in this league. You let him go to Baltimore and then you drafted Quiddy pay who so far has not panned out. I think in the future he'll be good, but for right now as a short-term fix, he is not good right now. And Everybody else, well, they're just not performing. I mean, there's no pass rush from this team at all. And the Colts have tried to get, like, blitz packages in there, and it still doesn't work. Uh, I mean, Doug, does that make you feel any better going into this week, or do you still feel that the offensive line is going to struggle with one-on-one matchups? Um, I think it makes me feel a little bit better, but what doesn't make me feel better is – Jacoby Brissett's play. I think that is where it's really going to come down to are, are how many points are the Dolphins going to score? Because the Dolphins, you know, Gaskin and uh, Brown were, and even Ahmed were getting like four or five yards per carry. 
but then the Dolphins tended to sway away from the run and put the ball in Jacoby Brissett's hands. And, you know, before we were talking about the weapons the Dolphins had, and there were so many times where Kaziki was getting open on the left side, but Jacoby Brissett was staring on the right to Will Fuller, waiting for Fuller to get open, even though Fuller was open and he was still waiting for him. And there's a ton of time where the pocket was clean. Jacoby Brissett had time. And at one point in my film breakdown, I showed that all five of his routes were open, but he still stood there. And then he and then he pumped for some reason. And then he looked to his right. And then he threw the like, and even on that stupid play in their own one yard line where it ended up being a safety, that's the type of play that you get the ball and you throw it. Like as soon as the ball hits your hands, you throw it either to Will Fuller, who was to his left, or Ahmed to his right. He also had Shaheen across in the middle. You get the ball, you throw it. What he did was he got the ball, he then turned and looked at Waddle, and then he lobbed it to Waddle, which then in turn made Waddle have to jump up in the air and get the ball. Then the Raider defender came in, tackle, safety. So oh, the yeah, I remember that. last week was, was better because there was times where Jacoby Brissett had a protection in front of him. He was pump faking when he didn't need to. He was staring down one side when there was open on the other and vice versa. At one point, Will Fuller threw his hand up that he was open, and then he waited another extra three minutes to get him the ball when it could have been. A, there was at least three touchdowns left on the field because Jacoby Brissett was either looking the wrong way or waiting too long on one receiver. So I'm getting a lot of harsh criticism for saying this, but Tua is the better quarterback of the two. I totally and agree with you. Tua <laughs> I don't even watch play. the Dolphins games, and I would totally agree with you. <laughs> Derek, so, I have a question for you, actually. Sure. Uh, so you had to uh, – endure maybe be the best word for this a entire season with Jacoby Brissett right uh what did I don't know what what was the record that year seven and nine something like that okay okay so what would you say is your opinion from a Colts fan perspective like what's his ceiling in a game like what what's the average uh you know kind of workload you expect from Jacoby Brissett Gotcha. Well, I mean, first things first, before I answer that question, uh, that play where you said it resulted in the safety. I, I don't know if anyone else recognized this. I'm sure you guys heard it. That is the first time in NFL history that a pass <laughs> was thrown forward and yet was still resulted in a safety while not leaving the end zone. First time in NFL history. I don't know if anyone else remembers that, but I just wanted to let y'all know. That. But for Jacoby Brissett, um, I mean – I'm not going to sit here and say Jacoby Brissett doesn't have his good games. He does have times when, you know, he faces weaker defenses. He does do a pretty good job of tearing those defenses apart. There were many times, there were a couple times in 2019. I think there were two games where he threw for over 300 yards, completed for about 80%, you know, looked like a guy that any given Sunday could go and lead this team and do what needed to be done. Only issue is, is that that didn't sustain and it doesn't sustain because he's like, like Doug said, he gets in his own head. He doesn't think quickly. He doesn't react quickly. And that's the problem is that you give him, if you give him freedom to do what he wants to do, he spends too much time looking instead of reacting. He should be much quicker, but 
you know, at the same time, he just doesn't do that. And if you're wanting Jacoby Brissett to be a good quarterback in your system, you need to be a de- you need to be a team that heavily relies on running the football. And I know the Dolphins certainly try to do that because Gaskin is a very good running back. But ultimately, like you said, with the offensive line, it can be kind of difficult to run the ball at times. And, you know, when you are only averaging about 70 to 80 yards per game rushing, it's you're relying on Jacoby Brissett to get you the other 300 yards. That's just not going to happen most Sundays. So, you know, I've always said it. He's a game manager. Uh, don't believe that he is anything more than that. Uh, and sometimes I honestly think that's an insult to game managers. Cause when we think <laughs> of game managers, we oftentimes think, think of Alex Smith and Jacoby Brissett is not on Alex Smith's level, even close. Uh, but Jacoby Brissett, I think with, you know, he is a great leader, great, uh, man to have in the locker room and in the community. Obviously you love that about him, but obviously what you see on the football field is, it's a different story. He gets in his own head too many times and that is his downfall. So, yeah, I mean, that's basically it with that one. I, I don't, I hope that answered the question there. It did. Yeah. And, and you can kind of see it because there's, there were so many times that he like, he wanted to throw it, but then he was like, uh, like he didn't trust himself. Yeah. Because there was, there were points where Kaziki was, you know, he had about a, a step or two on his, the linebacker trailing him. And Brissett just had to drop it in front of Gaziki. He could have caught it and kept going, but he like he like didn't trust that he could put it where it needed to. So then he just threw it to the check down. And I'm like, have that put that ball, all game. You know, take, take your balls out of your purse, put them on, and just throw the ball. <laughs> this, I'll be completely honest. When we talk about I talked about in the example that I gave Carter that there were a few times where Jacoby Brissett was able to throw for 300 yards in the 2019 season. I'll be completely honest with you guys, and I hate saying this because if this was last year's defense, Jacoby wouldn't putting up 200 on this de- on that defense. Problem is here, he might throw for 300 against us on Sunday because I can tell you why. Obviously, no pass rush. We're we are super uncreative on how to get to the uh, quarterback, and the Colts play a zone scheme. Okay, so if they can tell. Jacoby, hey, this is the spots in the zone we want you to keep an eye on. These are your first two reads. You see them, you hit them. I don't care whether or not it's open or not, you hit them. It probably will work because the the Colts, while they haven't been giving up as many passing yards per play as some of these other uh, defenses are against the teams they've played, the Colts have not been able to stop anyone when it comes to overall effectiveness quarterbacks are still throwing for 75 percent on us uh matt stafford had a near 300 yards uh and the only reason russell wilson didn't have 300 on us was because they were beating us by two and a half scores going into the fourth quarter so they just ran the ball the whole rest of the time so you know this defense is giving up big plays still it has a weakness for for fast technical receivers, and Jalen Waddle can be one of those. I am extremely terrified of Jalen Waddle in the open field. I, I just know he's going to hang a hundred on us. 
Uh, I am positive that Devontae Parker is going to score at least once in this game because Devontae Parker always seems to have one on the Colts every time we play him, and this defense is not stopping him in the red zone. Uh, I mean, it's one one of the few things that the Colts haven't been able to do is red zone efficiency was that the Colts are fifth in the NFL at making it to the red zone, but are 23rd and scoring inside the uh, inside the red zone. We are terrible at scoring inside the red zone. How's your guys' red zone offense? I, I, I'm curious. Pretty good. Uh, the Dolphins' defense uh, is a bend-not-break defense. So in between the 20s, you know, you'll probably get big chunks here and there. Uh, when they need to tighten it up, they tighten it up like last week, the third and one and fourth and one. Dolphins run defense, stop that to give the Dolphins the ball back uh, on the Raiders' side. But once you get inside the 20s, that Dolphin defense really tightens up and uh, gets after you. So it's th- th- that's how it's always been under Flores. It's that bend, not break. You know, We'll give you within whatever between the 20s. And if you are going to score, it'll probably be on a big one, like that you know, 45, 46-yard run from Singletary. Or you, know, you had last year the big touchdown pass on the Raiders. Rather than that, once you get in the 20s, then all of a sudden you got all those ball hawks out there. Now with Javon Holland, Eric Rowe, McCordy, Byron Jones, Nick Needham, and uh, Xavier Howard just flying all over the field. So it's a little harder once the field gets shorter on you. Uh, Carter, what do you think about the Miami red zone offense going up against this Colts red zone defense? I'm actually going to look it up to see how our um, percentage is, but it's not been good. I can just tell you that. Okay, so our offense. Well, uh, we haven't scored a lot this season. In, in week two, we had zero points, if you remember that. Uh, I, I would say that when we get into the red zone, we've seemed to score. I don't think that says a lot uh, because we haven't been in the red zone a ton. Uh, we, we get When we get the ball on short fields, we usually – that's a defensive turnover, and then, you know, we usually can at least get, you know, a pretty decent – red zone attempt I, I don't really know we just i think we've been in the red zone like six times am i right doug am i right to say that like against the against the bills uh that was a game that the dolphins probably should have been in more uh you know we held them to 14 points and then after they scored those first two touchdowns the dolphin defense just shut down the bills for the whole second half you know a whole quarter and a half and then Dolphins' offense was in the red zone two separate trips. Oh, yeah. Devontae Parker had a drop touchdown. Albert Wilson had a drop touchdown. There's a lot of drops that kind of hindered us from scoring in the red zone. And then we went for it on fourth. I guess we didn't you know, trust our defense too much. So we get there. But then there's the little stupid mistakes that tend to you know, falter us in the red zone. You're still a little better than the Colts in red zone efficiency. You guys are 20th and the Colts are 23rd. So, I mean, okay. <laughs> you know, so a tad bit better, and that concerns me. That concerns me that you're better at that. This tweet, a tweet from last week when we were facing the Raiders, and it's something that I, I agree with, like, is somebody tweeted, like, uh, when the Dolphins are on defense, I'm more confident in us scoring than when we are on offense. And it's just like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's such a terrible yeah. feeling because then – that night, I had to watch Aaron Rodgers uh, play football, and it was just but because there was about 20, 25 minutes between uh, the Raiders-Dolphins game and then the Sunday night game. I had to go watch Jacoby Brissett 
and then Aaron Rodgers back to back. And it just felt so terrible to because we've never had a quarterback like that ever. Like a, a Dan yep. Marino. That's it. That's it. Yep. Yeah. I <laughs> said, yeah. I mean, it, it's sad because anytime either the offense or the defense in the red zone for the Colts, I don't feel confident at all. So, you know, at least, at least you can say your defense is uh, better at it than that. But, uh, okay. A couple more questions here and then we'll get into some score predictions. Uh, Doug, name one person on your offense that needs to step up to win this game. Jacoby Verstapp. Okay. Well, I guess that was a. I guess that was an easy one. Let me rephrase that. <laughs> Besides easy. Jacoby Brissett, who needs to step up? Uh, Austin Jackson. I'm gonna put it on Austin Jackson. Uh, he wafts. He. This is the thing about Austin Jackson, right? When the Dolphins took him with the 18th pick, not last year, the year before, it was a little bit of a reach, right? He didn't play. He, you know, he donated the bone marrow to his sister. He didn't have a ton of experience. He was raw, super talented but raw and and for taking that tackle at that pick it was a reach but you know there was the run at tackle so the dolphins were like hey we need some type of tackle there so they took him super raw his rookie year wasn't great and now so far this year it's not great but he is getting better and I'll give him that but when he's bad he is bad and when he's good he's he's all right he's manageable for the Dolphins to do well, he needs to give Brissett more time. But this is where it kind of backtracks into Brissett being my answer because when Brissett gets the time, the man is just <laughs> pump faking. <laughs> he burps the baby too much, essentially. Uh, but yeah, um, Austin Jackson needs to do better. And then that can also help open the run game more. And then maybe we don't have to put it into Brissett's hands. Carter? I remember you saying earlier that you thought Jalen Waddle in space really scares you. What I'll say about this is that he doesn't, he shouldn't scare you with his usage in this offense right now. I will say that right now is, is he, he did touch, I think he had like 10 catches or something last week, but it was for like 30 yards. It was insanely it was like 60 something yards and it wasn't a lot. Yeah. Right, because he they throw the ball within five yards and they say, okay, break a bunch of tackles. Go break a bunch of tackles. And it's just not – he's not done that yet. I mean, it, it's early in his career, so we shall see. So that is not my, uh, my, my choice, uh, at least for now. My choice is I think this defense is like – is going to have to carry us again through the entire season, which kind of sucks. So what I'm going to say is when we get the ball, if we run well and Miles Gaskin – you know, is getting four or five a carry. I think that's what we need to do. I think to keep the ball out of Brissett's hands as much as possible, I think that's the goal. Give it to Miles Gaskin, and if he can step up, I think we will be good. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right. And uh, one more question here and then we'll get into some score predictions. Doug, I'll start with you again on this. Uh, special teams, uh, solid or questionable? 
For the Dolphins? Yes, uh, for, for the Dolphins. A solid. I'll give it solid. The fact that you said solid is a good. It's not great. It's not questionable. It's solid. Uh, Jakeem Grant always has the potential to break one off. You give Jakeem Grant any type of lane, any type of space in front of him, he's going to break one off. The thing that keeps it at the solid is that he wants to consistently break it off. He, that is Jakeem Grant's, you know, oh, if I'm going to make a play, this is when I need to make a play, is on special teams. So he tends to run backwards and try to run around and try to do too much. And then instead of just running forward, getting the extra four or five yards, he's like, oh, if I could just get around these three guys, I can get an extra 15 or something. And that's where it, you know, it stays at solid and not great. So I would say solid with the because of the potential of Jakeem Grant to take one to the house. Carter, you got anything else to add to that one? Yes, I think we're godlike on the special teams. No, I'm just kidding. I, I think we are. <laughs> I think we are. <laughs> we're fine. I like he said, we're fine. The the the, uh, the double edged sword when it comes to uh, Grant is that, like he said, like Doug said, he can break one at any point, but also he can uh, fumble one at any point and. We've seen that as well. He just drops. He just drops punts sometimes. So I don't like every single time. I don't know about you, Doug, but every time he's about to catch one, I'm thinking, okay, he he might get laid out and fumble, or he mm -hmm. might just drop it. And it's just it's mm -hmm. so scary. Gotcha. Yeah, I know a couple of those. All right, let's go into score predictions here. Colts versus the Dolphins. Since you are my guests, I will allow each of you to go first. Carter, why don't you go ahead and give me your score prediction for this Sunday's game? Uh, I <laughs> I hate to come on another man's show and tell him his team is going to lose. I, I just <laughs> no, no, it's I, fine. That's what you need to do. I feel like that's what you, that's what you need to do. Time. You know what else? You know what's worse is having you two come on my show and tell you that I think my team's going to lose. That's what's worse, okay? That's, I yeah, expect okay. you to tell me that my team's going to lose. I don't oh. expect myself to tell you that we'll lose. So. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Good to hear. Good to hear that you're humble about this. And I'll tell yeah. you this, I'm very objective. <laughs> Because I went on a Bills podcast a couple weeks ago and I said we're gonna get blown out. And we did. So I I I pick it, I play it. <laughs> At least he's it. accurate. <laughs> I, yes, I'm accurate. Okay. I didn't think we were gonna get, get stumped, skunked, but we did. So uh, <laughs> I would say for the, the Colts game, I think the defense is is gonna be just on top of it. I really do. I, I don't know what that's about. I think it's gonna be multiple turnovers. I think there could be some uh, Agba action with maybe a uh, like a, a forced fumble of some kind. Here's and here's what I'll say. I think we should be two and one. I said that earlier in the show. I think we should have beat the Raiders, even though we played an absolute terrible game. We should have beat the Raiders, and uh, I think the Colts are a really it, it, they're in a zero and three kind of ugly hole. They could definitely have a scraper win. It's definitely possible, like back against the wall uh, type win. But I just don't I don't see it. We're at home. Uh, it's Brissett's now the, the starter for the second week. Maybe he's really got a grasp of this playbook. But this defense is going to hold you to 10, I think. So it's no. going to be like <laughs> Doug's facial expression. When you said that. He just looks off to the side, like trying to avoid that laugh. <laughs> I'm being optimistic. Uh, yeah, I would say. But score prediction like 21-10. Dolphins. 
uh, I'm cautiously optimistic, and that being because I am a Miami Dolphin fan. I've been a Dolphin fan for about 26 years, and I know that the Dolphins play up to their opponent, and they also play down to their opponent. And to me, this is one of the many... I didn't think this was going to be a trap game when the season started. I thought the Colts were going to be really good this year. This was one of the games that people thought, oh, the Dolphins aren't going to beat the Colts. Uh, but this could be a trap game because so many people think that the Dolphins are, you know, just a little bit more better, that's horrible English, than the Colts, uh, being that you guys have a laundry list of uh, injuries. Um, I, they should win. The Miami Dolphins should win this game. Um, by how much I, I, I want it to be a blowout. I love like a, like a 35, 13 win, but I just don't see it. And it's because of the fact that I've been a Dolphins fan for so long. So I'm going to say Dolphins win 24, 17, 24, 17. Okay. All right. So, you know, I, I, I feel, I don't want to be a Homer. I, I obviously don't like to be that way. I, I do like to be objective when I do these and I'll tell you, I'm going back and forth with my score prediction each time that I hear you guys talk about it. You know, I hear, I, I think that the over under on this game should be 38 and that's kind of high. I honestly think that should be pretty high. I don't think these teams get 38 points. I think it's more like 35 or lower. I think both of these defenses are going to, force a lot of turnovers in regards to these offenses. Gosh, you know, and it's sad that I have to think about this because I, I don't <laughs> want it to be that way, but I do. I'll, I'll do this because I feel that this is the last chance for the Colts to save their season in some way, shape or form. I think this is the last chance and I'm going to be that Homer for the Colts this time. Now I'm not saying that I think the Colts absolutely will win because I'm honestly still sitting here as I'm saying this currently thinking the Dolphins will most likely win, but I'm going to give it one more shot. If the Colts don't win this game, I will not pick them to win any game the rest of the season. And that might include the Jets. I'm just saying, wow. so, uh, <laughs> I will say they win 20 to 17 and that'll be the Colts. It, it's going to be a very close one. I think it's going to be one score, and it's going to be a low-scoring game, and defenses will run rampant with the turnovers. So, all right, well, that's going to do it, Colts fans, for this preview of the Colts versus the Dolphins. Thank you to my guests, Dougley Durong and Carter Melrose from DolphinsTalk.com for joining me today. Uh, and thank you guys again so much for the support. So close to 8,000 subscribers. Please help us out. Only about 25 away right now, I believe. So help smash the like buttons, guys. Make sure to subscribe if you haven't already. Thank you so much for the support. Shout out to all my special guests today. And as always, go Colts. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.